Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Let's, uh, let's jump into the next message for 2021. It's kind of hard to believe that that's where we are right now. And I'm probably going to say that for the whole month of January. Let's jump into it like we're just now jumping into it. We're just now entering into 2021. And this is the season when we're saying, Lord, we need more of you and we need you to touch our hearts. And I honestly do hope and pray that you came in here, that you joined us um, from wherever you happen to be joining us out there in uh, Cyberland. Um, I, I hope that there's a place in your life where you're just not going to church, where you're just not watching a show, where you're just not interacting with, you know, whatever's going on. My, my hope and my prayer will always be, because I do believe that we serve a God who is not done speaking to us. I believe that if he was done speaking to us, he would call us all home, blow the trumpet, and things would be over. But I believe that he wants the kingdom of God and the people of the kingdom of God to continue to be in touch with him and to continue to communicate with him, just like Jesus did. I, I think God, our Father, wants us to go out in the morning, as was his um, you know, practice, and spend time and be quiet or go up on a mountain and just listen, not always talk but just listen. And so I always want to encourage you that, you know, whether, whether it's Vineyard or whether you're, you know, listening to some other preacher, honestly, honestly, if you take time out of your life and you stop what you're doing and you're going to listen to the Word of God, I hope that you can grab a hold of this one single idea that as you give this time to God, that God really does have something to say to you. You just have to decide uh, whether or not you're going to listen or whether or not you're going to believe that. I, I can't make you believe that. That's, that, that's something that I'm, I'm inviting you into, but I cannot make you believe it. And, and, and I'm not saying he's got something specific about what you've decided he's going to. I'm talking about empty yourself out, take a deep breath, and say, Lord, what do I need to hear today? What word do you have for me? And I want to encourage you in this. So I sat in my office and I was praying over this message and I was uh, pondering my own personal readings with Jesus um, as I was spending time in my relationship with him and, and uh, just discussing things. And, and I came across just a, an awareness while I was reading the Psalms of the power of blessing, the, the, the word blessing. And so I began to think about 2021. And this is, I want to take this morning and I want to ask God to touch our lives and I want God to, uh, uh, to lay a blessing on us and I want want you to see the blessing of God. I mean, specific, not like, oh, Lord, bless all the flowers on the earth. No, 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 not like that, not like that, okay? But I mean, specifically to say, Lord, I, I want to lay hold of this blessing. Probably one of the most famous blessings, and again, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but um, things that I've learned, probably one of the most um, famous blessings that, that you're aware of from Hallmark cards and, you know, Christmas cards and birthday cards and weddings and things like that is this specific blessing that God gave through Aaron in Numbers chapter 7. It says, the Lord said to Moses, remember Moses is setting things up, but, but Aaron's going to be the priest, he's going to be the pastor, he's going to be in charge of all things church, okay? It says, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. This is, this is literally what I want you to say when people gather together, Aaron, I, I need you to say this on behalf of God, okay? And so I want to share this with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. It's that, it's that simple. 
children in the wilderness wandering around. And this is the blessing that God gave them. And I love this part of it right here. Don't, don't miss the last little part. So Aaron and his sons, they, that's the they, so they, so Aaron and his sons will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless him. This is what Aaron is supposed to say over top of the gathered crowd so that God would put his name over and on the gathered crowd and they would receive this blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. That is the word that was given to Aaron. It's in the midst of all of the craziness that is going on in the, in the world for them. Remember, they just left Egypt, um, and they're trying to follow God. They're trying to head out. God has, has been subscribe, or, uh, uh, ascribing um, how the, the church, the temple, is going to be built, how it's going to be set up, who's going to do what. And in the course of telling Aaron what his job at church is, his job description, he says, this is what I want you to do. God says through Moses, Aaron, I want you to bless the people so that my name will physically be upon them. You ever thought about that? That the words of our mouth that came out, come out of our mouth, that they're powerful. Words are very, very, very powerful. And not just like in a psychological sort of a way where your counselor said, words are very powerful. You know, when you were a child and this got spoke over you, you believed it and it changed your life. It, it, it will. I'm just saying that words have a power in and of their own. They really do. They go out as a sound wave and you can't stop them. Once you've uttered them, it's over. It's very much like the, the, you know, the, the proverbial um, uh, toothpaste in the tube sort of thing. You know, once you squeeze it from the middle, you psychopaths, once you do, okay, it's out. Uh, if you squeeze it from the back and do it right, it's out as well. But honestly, you know, it's a better picture if you grab it and squeeze it and say, ah, it's out of the tube. You can't put it back. You can push a lot of it back, but you end up with toothpaste everywhere trying to put it back in. And the same thing is true with the words of our mouths. And as we think about that, we think about the idea that words are powerful things and once they go out, they cannot come back. But the idea is what is going to go out. Now listen, this, this last week, this last month, this last three months, this last year, doesn't matter to me who you are or where you are, has been just one where we are just astonished at what's going on in the world and especially in our world. But there's a call to you and I, and I think it's the words of our mouth that we have got to begin to start laying hold of. Think about it. When you think about the words of your mouth, and you think about the idea of letting them go out, if it's a blessing, then the blessing is cast. If it's a curse, then the curse, uh, excuse me, if it's a hurt, the hurt is caused. If it's life, then life is released. If it's death, then death is launched. Because the fact of the matter is, with our mouths, we both curse and we bless. We both bring life and we bring death. And the choice is ours how we use our words. James, the brother of Jesus, said it like this. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and our Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in the God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be be so. The truth of the matter is, and I do recognize that there are times in our lives where stern or powerful or strong or, you know, difficult words have to be said. That's not what James is talking about. That's not what God is talking about. 
There are times when we have to actually live out more often than not. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That is where you and I have been called. To uh, Psalm 19:14. Those are the things that we need to ponder when we weigh out what, what God said to Aaron about the idea of blessing people and cursing people. What are we going to do with the words that are of our mouths? As I was looking at this, I was reading Psalm 20. And in Psalm 20, and that's what I want to focus on today, I, I was thinking, hey, this is great. You know, I'm reading through the book of Psalms once a month, and, and, and I just really enjoy that. And King David is a, is a man that I really uh, appreciate and I like. He's a human being just like the rest of us, but, but, but he's there. And if you don't know, uh, King David is the greatest king of, of Israel. He's the greatest king that has ever existed in Israel. And they look up to him, and God's favor was on him. There was no doubt about that. As a matter of fact, the Scripture will tell you that that, that King David was a, was a man after God's own heart. God said that himself. He said, David is a man after my own heart. In, in Acts 13, we have um, 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 Luke sharing with us what Peter is saying, what um, God said through um, the prophet Samuel when he said, when the scripture says, after removing Saul, Acts 13, 22, he made David their king. God testified to him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Now, listen, he, he again, was the greatest king, but the record will show he was clearly just a human being. It's, it's, it's amazing that God says, I'm taking this little shepherd boy, I'm going to put a crown on his head, and I'm going to make him a, a, a figure that is central to all of the world. Israel, for whatever reason, is in the news every single day. And I don't know if you know it or not, but Israel is only 75 miles long and 150 miles tall. That's all the bigger that piece of dirt is. And yet it has everybody's attention from around the world all the time. And God made David the king of that, um, that people. And, and, and he said, he's a man after my own heart. And yet... If I say King David, what do you say? Do you say, oh, dude, that, that guy wrote so many songs. Psalms are songs. He wrote so many songs that are so amazing that it's so awesome. We don't, we don't say that, do we? We say, oh, yeah, he's the one that messed up with Bathsheba. Yep. Yeah, we don't look at all of the victories. We don't look at all of the manners in which um, God used him to succeed. We looked at that place where he screwed up. Now listen to me. Um, adultery is wrong, okay? Please don't hear me saying it's not. Murdering somebody so you can steal his wife, definitely on the list of things that are wrong. Do not do this, okay? God is not going to bless you with somebody else's wife. Knock it off. God is not going to bless you with somebody else's husband. Quit it, okay? All right, but that being said, I have always been astonished about this one fact, that in the midst of everything that David went through, and you can read Psalm 51 if you want to see his actual repentance, okay, from the Bathsheba incident, let's call it that, the Bathsheba incident. There should be like a, a, a Netflix series, right? The Bathsheba incident, and that's what it should be. And it could just go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. It could be all about how they had to go get Uriah from the war. And, well, never mind. That's a whole other sermon, okay? We might do a series called The Bathsheba Incident. But that, that being said, okay? And so, but that's what we think of when we say David, isn't it? 
For some reason, that's what we think of. But have you noticed, and this is just what clicked into my head not long ago, and, and probably because you know, I'm watching some of the, the, bigger, the bigger figures in, in Christendom in America fall uh, morally, and it's like, how do we respond to this? What do we do? It breaks my heart. I just want to quit, and I don't want to be the next casualty. But did you notice that God never, ever, ever removed him from leadership? Oh, the Lord's thumb was on him, and, and, and he was distraught for over a year. His soul was just dying inside of him. He lost his, his son. Literally, he lost his son. But I was just surprised at how God interacted with David, and why is it that when we think of David, that's the thing we think about instead of his successes? Because David was a man after God's own heart. And and God's grace was found when he wrote Psalm 51. God knew, God made sure that he understood forgiveness, restoration, and more than that, God understood his hunger for God. Do you have a hunger for God? I want to read the scripture out of Psalm 20 if you want to go there. Because I was reading this, and as I was reading this and thinking about our church and my personal life and my marriage and my my children and and my grandchildren, I began to understand, wait a minute, because you see it starts, for the director of music, a psalm of David. And, And what that means is it's a song. So he's sitting at home, the king is, writing songs. And 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 that's an amazing thing. This is his worship book that he wrote. And uh, as I was looking at that, I said, wait a minute, this is not just a song. This is a blessing. This whole psalm is an actual blessing that David is singing, or he's inviting the worship leader um, to sing over the community of faith. It says, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious. We will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May God grant all your requests. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. And so we see this whole psalm is a blessing. And as I was thinking about 2021, I was thinking, God, we need your blessing. We need your blessing on our personal lives. We need your blessing on our church. We need your blessing. But more than that, we don't want to just do things and say, God, bless us as a church. We don't want to do that. We really do want to say, God, what do you want us to do and help us to do that and bless us while we're doing it? We want God's favor to rest on us. One of the things that I noticed in Psalm 20 was that it says, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. And then in Psalm 21, as he continues to write a different song, he says, Lord, you've granted him the desire of his heart. Somewhere in there, David is crying out to God saying, give me the desire of my heart. And then the next song he writes, he says, you gave me the desire of my heart. And I don't know what that particular desire was. I'm I'm not aware. But that's also a theme because in Psalm 37, verse 3 and 4, it says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. 
See, that's twofold. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. Do you, do you take delight in the Lord? I take delight in my wife, and I know that because I want to be where she is. I take delight when I take her out to dinner. I take delight when I'm in her presence. I take delight when we're doing things together. I take delight when we're communicating. And I think the same thing is true of our relationship with God. I think we take delight when we're in his presence. We take delight when we're communicating with him. We take delight when we're listening to hear what he says. We take delight when we're obedient to what he asks of us. And what he asks of us is not always comfortable or easy. But I believe that we're being called to yield to it. So as we go into 2021 seeking the face of God, I want to invite you to yield to God's blessing. And yield will be the key word to this. I want you to yield to the fact that God wants to bless you. It does not always feel like that. And why doesn't it always feel like God is blessing us? I don't know what you just said in your heart, but often, and I would say most often, we don't feel like God is blessing us because he's not quite giving us exactly what we want, right? But did you ever stop and think that he's probably working at giving us exactly what we need? And that in and of itself is a blessing. And we don't always understand the whys and the why nots, but there's a place there where we can yield to the blessing of God in David's blessing. In Psalm 20, there is something there for us to get a hold of. Now, when I talk about 2021 is going to be a year for us to yield, I, I was thinking to stop and give up to God. That, I, I, do you know what that word yield means? It means I'm going to stop and I'm going to let God have his way. I'm going to give God permission to have his way in my life. And when we do that, when we surrender, that's what, kind of what we, saw, we call it here at the, at the vineyard. When we surrender to God, we don't surrender believing that he's going to necessarily just simply do everything that we want him to do. Remember, we join him in his mission. He's not joining us in our defined mission. He's defining the mission, saying, come, follow me. So when we say, God, you can have your way. God, I yield to you. What we're saying is, I am going to find a way, find a way, because it's not always easy, to be content in the circumstances that you put me until they can change. And I don't think it's wrong for us to say, hey, Lord, I'd like for the circumstances to change now. I would like for this to happen. I would like, but it's not appropriate for me to get all bent out of shape if it doesn't because I'm yielding to him. I'm yielding. And I was thinking, that is a powerful, powerful thing. But you know what else I, I came to understand? Yield is not just about giving up. You know how else that word is used? Check this out. I, I looked it up. It's not going to show up there in front of you, but, but that is, okay? That's there. To give in and to surrender, but also to produce and accomplish Check this out from the, definition, the definition. And I just wanted you to listen to this. So if, if you come to me between services, no, I don't want you to put this up there, okay? I'll just go ahead and throw that out there right now. To bear or bring forth as a natural product, especially as a result of cultivation. To yield, it's a transitive verb. It means I'm, I'm, I'm actively doing something. I'm, I, whatever I'm doing is creating a yield, okay? So here, here I'll give you a super example, okay? In my house, we yielded 16 healthy live puppies this year. That's what we yielded. We worked at, we have the dogs to do it, we worked at it, and we had all these puppies, two different litters, and so in the course of events, we yielded those puppies. 
See, that was the, what our work, what our, our effort yielded. And so I think that we need to understand that to produce or furnish as a return, is, it's important for us to, to do that. Um, but we also need to recognize it as to give up possession of or claim on or demand to surrender or relinquish to the physical control of somebody else to hand over possession to surrender or submit to give up um, and so we need to understand that those words mean yield as well and so as we're going into 2021 and we're looking for the blessing that David spoke of in Psalm 20, and we want to lay hold of that blessing, I want that blessing in my life and I want that blessing for you as well, then one of the things that we have to recognize is we have to yield. Number one, we have to stop and say, Lord, I give you my life. <clears throat> and you need to take a good hard look at your life and say, what does that mean? What am I holding back? Where am I still sinning? Where, there's a place there for all of us to stop and say, what does this mean? And then there's a place for God to say, hey, I want you, remember what Jesus said, I want you to go and make disciples. Oh, Pastor Joe, I'm okay with this one, but this one's starting to scare me a little bit. Where are you going to go with this? There is a place there where we, we call, uh, uh, um, invite disciples together, but there's also a place there where God is saying, hey, what are you actively doing as a part of that? There is a place there where God says it's okay for us to create a yield, to produce a yield. It is important for us when we get to the end of the year to see that people are being introduced to Jesus and being baptized, and that's a yield. And so there are other places in your life where you can say, am I creating a yield in my prayer life? Am I creating a yield in my, my tithing? Am I creating a yield in my serving? Am I creating a yield in my testifying about what God's doing? Am I, all of these areas that are core to um, the Sermon on the Mount are areas where God has opportunity to say, hey, I'd like to see a yield there as well. <clears throat> as we go down through this psalm, let me just share with you this. This is how I see it broken out. That may, may God bless you with your petition. That's what David is saying. The blessing of David starts with, may God bless you with your petition. And, and, and he says it this way, may the Lord answer you when you're in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. And what he's saying is when you cry out to heaven, then I bless you that you need to know God is going to hear you. You know, there's a story in, uh, in, in the book of Daniel, I think it's around chapter 6, um, where da uh, Daniel was carried off to uh, Babylon, and he was put in charge, and, and he had responsibilities, but he was away from home, away from mom and dad, and I don't know what his prayer was because I didn't study that part, just a, a message here for you. That Daniel cried out to God. And God sent an angel from heaven to speak to him. But the angel was waylaid for 21 days. You think that there's not a real heaven and hell battle going on that you can't see or lay your hands on. But the fact of the matter was, this battle is so real that as that angel was coming and he was interacting with demons and, and, and again, don't think Hollywood, but upon this earth, he was hindered for 21 days from bringing an answer to Daniel. And the hindrance was such a big enough deal that according to Daniel, God sent 
Michael the archangel to deal with the prince of the power of the air angel so the message could get to Daniel. There is something going on in this world, and and we are a part of it. The question is, are we a dark part or a light part? But as we come to God, we know that when we cry out to God, that there is a place there where we can receive the blessing of knowing that God is going to send us help. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know why it's taken so long. We don't know what kind of battles going on over our prayers, but we know that God hears us. <clears throat> Jeremiah says, after one of the most famous self-centered prayers, I mean, uh, um, scriptures used, I think, I know the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. When it's used in our flesh, when we take it out of context. But look what he says after that. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Can, is, is that the definition of you chasing after Jesus? You will seek me and find me. Have you been crying out through this whole season saying, God, where are you? And God is saying, you will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. That is not, in context, he said that to Israel. Out, uh, in, in promise, in promise that's, a, that's a foundational truth from God. You will hear from God when we seek for him with all of our uh, heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and the places where I banished you. Sometimes when things are going on, remember, he's speaking to Israel as a culture, not as an individual. He's speaking to them as a culture. Sometimes God would take another king and he would say, guess what? I'm going to let this king over here come in and just all but wipe you out. You, you're not listening to me. You're not following me. You're not doing what I say. You're not walking with me. And, and I need your attention because I'm trying to bless you. And we wonder why we don't hear from God. And I have to ask, is it because we don't seek him with all of our heart? And I'm not saying that, that all you do is listen to K-Love and all you do is sit in a corner and wait. All you do is ever read your Bible. I, I'm not saying you don't ever go out and have some fun. Um, and I'm not suggesting that you go do things that you need to ask forgiveness for. I'm just saying that uh, it, just have fun, but do your absolute level best not to sin. Don't, don't sin. Don't do that. But I like that we understand that Daniel ended up in the lion's den. When all of this information comes to Daniel about an angel coming and God sending help, he still ended up in the lion's den. And God was still there to help him. He was still there. How serious do we take God? That's the first part, our petition, the blessing of God in our petition. David goes on, and the next thing that David says, may God bless you in your ponderance. May God bless you in your petition. When you cry out to God, David says, I pray that you understand that heaven hears you. And then he says, and I pray that God bless you in your ponderance. What does that mean, Pastor Joe? May he, this is what David says, may he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Notice it's, it's one and then. It's not just give you all the desire of your heart. It's the first one first. Same thing in, in Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and then he'll give you the desire of your heart. It's not the Lord's going to give you the desire of your heart. 
It starts with delight yourself in the Lord. I want to receive this blessing from God, so it starts with delight myself in the Lord. And so David is saying, hey, think about, think about your life. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. There's a place there where we can say, God, and, and sometimes David would say, Lord, I have not sinned. I've kept my mouth from sin. I've, and, and he must be an amazing guy. But um, th there's just places where he's done that. And what he's giving us an opportunity to do is to stop and say, hey, you know, as we read this and sing this to God, is that true of you and I? Can we stop and say, God, we want you to remember our sacrifices because David's inviting us to reflect upon um, our relationship to God. Remember the way you're living, your faith, your trust, your obedience. What will God see when he looks at our lives when we meet him? Scripture says, remember, and then he blesses us with all the desires of our heart. What is the desire of your heart this morning, really? What, what, what's the desire of your heart? Is it a bigger truck, a, a, a bigger gun, a newer truck, a larger house? Is it more money, or is it health, faithfulness, opportunity, love, grace, forgiveness, peace in your soul? What is the desire of your heart? Is it eternal or internal? Is the desire of your heart that you immediately say, oh God, I wish you would bless me with the desire of my heart. Is it eternal or internal? Is that, is that what you're hungry for? Something that will last 75 or 80 years or something that will last forever. And again, I'm, I'm somebody who believes that we should enjoy this earth and there's nothing wrong with saying, hey Lord, this is what I would like. This is what I'm asking you for. This is, this is what's going on in my life. The next part of this blessing is a blessing of thanksgiving. May God bless your thanksgiving. Psalm 20, verse 5, may we shout for joy over your victory. I'm going to take joy in your victory. I'm going to take joy when good things come to you, not just to me. So that's what David's saying. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. It's okay for us to say thank you, God, for the things that he's done. But we don't often spend as much time praying that prayer as we do the prayer of asking for things to change or to get better. We express thanksgiving through our testimony to other people. I believe that's how we do it. I don't think you all have to stand up on stage with a microphone and you know, have people look at you, but I think it's okay when you're at work to testify to the goodness of God in your life. What is it that God's done? It is okay to say, wow, I was just reminded this week of how good God's been to me. When somebody goes, I, I don't even believe in God. Say, no, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. I, I just want to testify that God's been good to me. Psalm 40, David says, I proclaim your saving acts in the great assemblies. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I don't hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. When we're going about our every day is just not making a statement, not, not trying to stand up and preach, but just saying, God, has blessed my life. The Lord put me in a family. The Lord brought me to a place. God gave me a job when I didn't have one. Is that just a normal place? 
I don't know about you, but there's always a place for us to be blessing other people, and we bless God by testifying about it. God was so, so serious about this when he sent out his disciples. He says, when you enter into a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. And that point, that's a blessing. When you walk into somebody's house, bless the house. Make, make talking about God a part of your everyday life. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone over to somebody's house for dinner and walked into the house and say, Lord, let your peace rest here. Holy Spirit, be upon this home. I have. I do it more often. If I've walked into your house, I've done it. I promise you. And if you, you saw me over there going, Lord, and you thought, he's being creepy. The pastor's being creepy over there. What is going on over there? It's just because I'm speaking a blessing on your house and I don't want to be creepy about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I just want to speak a blessing on you. And so as I walk into people's homes, I often will begin to say, Lord, let your peace rest upon these people. Let your favor. Let it be here when we're going about our days. I continue to pray that God will wreck people's lives and put them back together in a manner that brings healing, restoration, drives out fear, takes away defeatism, removes fatalism, restores an understanding of love, as an action, grace as a free gift, freedom, uh, forgiveness that is genuinely life-changing, and more than anything, I pray hope. I pray hope. And so as I was thinking about this morning, I thought, when it's all said and done, I want to bless you. I want to ask God to bless you in 2021 on behalf of the kingdom of heaven. We kind of feel like a dish rag. You know what I'm talking about? The one that's at the kitchen sink. And it's been at the kitchen sink too long. It was useful and it was clean. But you know which one I'm talking about, right? You pick it up and, and, you, and then you're like, oh man, this thing needs going to washing machine. You know? I mean, it's not filthy. It just smells like wet. It's just like, eh. it's been in the, the I, I don't know about you, but you know, the last couple of months, I felt like the dish rag. <laughs> and I just want the favor of God. I don't want everything to go back to anything. God is leading us forward. And God is not ignorant of anything going on and nothing is happening that he is at the very least not allowing. Because if he wasn't going to allow it, it's not going to happen. But I wonder if there's a place there for Christian people to stop and say, whoa, have we been what God asked us to be? And like Israel, are we getting a little bit of a spanking here? Because the scripture says, whom the Lord loves, the Lord disciplines. And sometimes he's got to catch our attention. And it's important. Number six says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. But this is what I, and I don't want to say but, not, not but. That's a good blessing and that is from God. So let me say and. This morning I want to speak to your home, to your family, more than anything, I want to speak to your health and your ability to provide for your families. To those of you that serve here, may God overwhelm you with good health, protect you from disease and pestilence and the evil of the prince of the power of the air. May God bless you in that. To those of you that invest through tithes, offering, time, energy, sacrificial giving, may the God of heavens, to whom all things belong, may he release to you the promise of Malachi, that in your giving it may be returned to you 20, 60, or even 100-fold as you trust in God. I speak the blessing of God from his word on you.
for your passion and obedience. To you who hunger and thirst for more of God, may he give you a greater revelation, awareness of him in dreams, in visions, in miraculous works, and in ways that you were never aware of according to Joel 2, Acts 2, and John 14. Straight, straight up scripture. Straight up, this is what Jesus said. Straight up, this is the word of God through his prophets. And I, I bless you in the name of Jesus. This might fall upon your families beginning this very day in a manner in which you cannot keep your mouth shut. You have to tell somebody. And that you yourself are aware of the arms of the Lord himself wrapping around you. I bless you with that. That we might grasp that spiritual things need to happen because we worship a spiritual God. May this be the blessing that rests upon your shoulders from this day forward, from 2021, January 1, for the rest of our lives. As God has called us together to make a difference in Madison County and Central Kentucky and all the world. I bless you with these words. As the Holy Spirit gave them to me, then I give them to you and upon your life. God, as we bow our heads before you right now, we thank you. We don't just want and want and want because we're greedy, although that is a human problem for all of us, God. But we come before you this morning from all different places. Our minds are in all different venues. Our emotions are all over the map, God. And we need your peace. And Lord, as I wrote this down, as I believe that you laid it upon my heart in my office, then I bless these people and these people that are with us online with these very words, God. And I pray that it happens that you may receive the glory, O oh Lord God, that the testimony of our lips may be exactly what somebody else needs to hear as they are looking for a God, a reason, a purpose. As we bow our heads, we say, come Holy Spirit. Forgive us our sins, O Lord God, today. Restore to us, Lord, the joy of our salvation. And let us hear your voice say, come, follow me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, just a heads up, give me a second, if you will, those of you that are live here. Those of you that are at home, I was thinking about it this morning when um, we were doing our run-through. You know, there's a place where it's okay for you as you're at home to have some crackers and juice handy so that when you hear Pastor Jeff say, hey, anytime during the worship, you can get up and go to the places where we have communion here on site. It's okay for you to gather together at any time during the worship and have communion in your home. It doesn't take a pastor to do it. Just a person who's walking with Jesus that understands what Christ went through. It just takes the opportunity to stop and maybe read through 1 Corinthians 11 and just say, hey, God, you know, everything that you've been through for us, um, this is what we're remembering when we take communion, but also the joy that we've been in, uh, adopted into the family of God. And I want to encourage you, don't ever be afraid 
uh, to do that at home. It's just another way that, that you can take opportunity to say, I want to shrink the gap, as Michael says, between being here and being at home until such a time as you feel comfortable being here. Look for ways at home that you can do things that make you feel more like you belong here because community is what we're building. Community is what we're doing here. Community is what our small groups are all about. Community is why we pray for one another. Community is what we're trying to change, our communities. And I want to encourage you in that. We don't pass a basket here, but just so you know, I want to thank those of you that give. You can go online, vineyardrichmond.com, and you can find uh, a place to give. But here's the other thing, too. More than that, there's a little green button down at the lower right-hand corner if you're looking for some prayer, if you're saying, I want this blessing, I want somebody to pray for me today, go online and click that button. There's a very real person there waiting to interact with you. And, and there's a place for you to be prayed over. We're going to go into this closing song right now. Anytime during this closing song, I want to invite those of you that are here. You are welcome to go out into the foyer. There are people there that would like to pray for you. You don't have to give them any more information than you want to. But if you're just saying, you know what, I want to begin 2021 with a prayer, that I want somebody to speak a blessing and pray over top of me, then, then this is a time to do it, and they're right there waiting. Again, there's a social distance. Don't worry about that. We're, we're trying to be very, very careful of that as well. But we want you to feel this blessing. We want the favor of God on your life moving forward. I want to invite you to your feet as we go back into this song.